The sports card and Pokemon market has never been better. Whether you are just getting into the hobby for the first time or reminiscing about your childhood, let Chicago Card Connection be your guide. Download the WhatNot app today and search Chicago Card Connection. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Chicago Card Connection. Mention Talk to Me on WhatNot for a first-time buyer's free gift. And remember, let's get ripping. Talk to Me, the podcast is brought to you by Simply You're listening to Talk To Me, the podcast with Jamie Simon. I am Jamie Simon, and welcome back. It is so good to have each and every one of you guys back another week with us, sharing this content with you. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Thank you to everyone who has been sharing us on social media, for everyone who has been sharing us with each other. Thank you for sharing us with your friends and your family, and I just appreciate it. Thank you guys for giving us your time. I'm always very uh cognizant of of that because i know time is a precious commodity you guys i could be doing so many things with your time whenever you take the time to listen with us i appreciate that thanks so much for that uh i wanted to just tell you again that you could go to several of the platforms that we air on and leave reviews. I love it. We love it when you guys do that because we can actually get the feedback from you. Hear what you guys think and kind of know what you want. You give us your ideas uh, and you just give us all kinds of insight. There are a few of the platforms that you guys listen on that you can do that on. One of them is Apple Podcasts. The other one is Spotify and also Audible. You can go on those and leave some reviews and some feedback if you could do that thank you so much and if you aren't listening on those particular platforms you can also go to your own social media if you would if you take a couple seconds go to your own social media and leave us some feedback Um, tell us what you think tell us what you view and uh, some of the ideas you may have we would appreciate that you can reach us on instagram at talk to me with jamie simon Uh, that is talk the number two me underscore with underscore Jamie Simon. Uh, it's a whole lot there. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, Jamie Simon, the Facebook page. Uh, so go f- follow us too, guys. Do that. Follow us on, on both of those social media pr- platforms. And if you could leave us a little feedback and we'd appreciate that. Of course, we always like to say thank you uh, to our sponsors and you guys. Thank you for supporting them. Uh, those businesses that are here advertising with us and bringing you great products and service, uh, go check them out. If you haven't already, there's several that are here. They, they leave their information so that you can go and get their products. And all you got to do is mention that you listen to them on Talk To Me. Uh, some of them have promo codes, Talk To Me, uh, but mention that you heard it here and they will give you some special discounts. Uh, that's always great. Discounts and savings are always great. So today we have another show for you. <laughs> we were able to talk with another one of the homies, uh, one of the guys I've been knowing for years, uh, actually from Chicago. I am from Chicago. Those of you that know that, some of you don't. Uh, but right here from Chicago, from Chicago's west side, 
We are talking this week to Ray Beatty. And listen, Ray Beatty, you guys know, has had an incredible career, an incredible journey. Ray Beatty started as a drummer, a drummer for several major uh, artists. You guys know he was an MD for Marvin Sapp. You know, he was probably one of the first uh, drummers for R. Kelly. Uh, he was on, on, on the road with him, touring with him for years uh, as his main drummer. And uh, he's done so many things. Not only did he do that and, and very well, played on several recordings, uh, but then he became a recording artist. He started singing uh, and, and doing that and just, just did his own thing, just kind of created his own lane. Um, you guys remember back <laughs> to uh, the Gospel Centric Project, Ray Beatty, Mission KOB, uh, dope project. Just just as an artist, it was wonderful to watch him grow. Uh, and then <clears throat> a few years later, he has transitioned into ministry and is now a youth pastor uh, in the great uh, state of Houston, uh, Houston, Texas. He's been there for about 15, 16 years as a youth pastor, and he is still growing. And we're going to talk to him today. So listen, it's just always a privilege to have these guys come and sit with us for you guys to hear their stories. They've got some amazing stories and many of the things that they talk about, the things that they go through. You guys can relate to whether you're musicians and are not or singers or not. Uh, they're humans. And a lot of their stories are comparable to everyday stories. And so thank you guys for listening. So, look, I'm going I'm to get out of here and let's take the time and talk to Ray Beatty. Talk to me. Would you talk to me? Raymond Baby. <laughs> hey, only, only my family called me that. So I, I, I guess I'm on with family today. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's going on with you, man? Bro, it's been a long time. Long me? time don't hear from my man, Jamie Simon. Good to hear from you, man. Honored to be a part of this that I've been watching everybody else on. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, man. You know, it was your, you know your turn was coming. You know, Big Bro did it first. So it's, it was your turn. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm honored to be here, man. Life is good. And you already know what's going on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, look, what I like to do here, man, uh, is I like to go back, man. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it back to the west side of Chicago in the early Ooh. years, man, with with Reverend O.D. and the Sunday school Watch teacher. Out. The Sunday school teacher, Watch Martha out. Beatty, man. Take it back on there for a minute, man. This boy done did his history, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Take us back, man. Now, did you grow up in K-Town? Man, I grew up in K-Town, 4401 West Jackson. That's it. An apartment complex, three level. Uh, we was on the top level. And man, what I what I learned uh, in the hood and the toughness of the west side of Chicago has taken me to where I am in life today. Man. Um, we, we had what we call, y'all, alley rims. Yes, sir. <laughs> you had to have an alley rim. We had alley rims. They, we, we didn't call them goals. They weren't baskets. They was alley rims. Rims, that's right. They were in place of an actual basketball goal with right. no backboards, Jamie. Come you, on now. <laughs> exactly. 
Did y'all do the crates? Because we did the crates too. We bro. did crates too. Okay. Cool. Now we did crates at St. James gotcha. uh, at Elder Campbell Church, uh, okay. right around the, in the back of his church off of Roosevelt. Uh, when his church there on Roosevelt, yeah. Jokers would get to talking after a late night concert, one of them late night ten thirties, <laughs> and Jokers get talking, Red and Cedric Ford, yeah, them, man. And, and we get to talking, and we say, let's take it back there on the crate. We didn't call the, let's take it on the crate. On the crate. And it, <laughs> we had, now I'm gonna tell you how much we loved sports back then. We did not care where we were. We didn't care what we had on. We just love sports. Yes, sir, and man. And we love to be a part of it. And so growing up on the West Side, you kind of learned how to do everything because you saw uh, so many different guys in the hood, whether it be the thugs and the game bangers or you saw the handyman. Everybody knew how to do everything. So you kind of learned and gleaned from everyone. Absolutely. And certainly I was the, I was the sixth child out of uh, – I was the sixth one out, out of uh, five brothers and one sister. I was yeah. the baby of the family. Yeah, man. Right? So I had five brothers. Uh, everybody knows Percy, legendary producer, songwriter, yes, extraordinary. Doctor, um, Doctor Percy. That, come on now, put some respect on <laughs> you. Hear me, Doctor <laughs> Percy, baby. Right, right. <laughs> then I had my brother O.D. O.D. Beatty Jr., who's yeah. a uh, well, well-renowned uh, singer, uh, orator, as well as a uh, uh, outstanding preacher and minister yeah. of the gospel. And my brother George, who passed away yeah. in '91. Uh, he was an incredible, incredible speaker, incredible yeah. preacher of our time. Has spoken at places like Operation Push. He was a he was a childhood phenomenon, phenomenon man, and yeah. in, in just in terms of his uh, oratory skills. But then I had my brother Rob, who was in the basketball, yeah. getting all kinds of scholarships and and playing ball, uh, you know, doing doing it in college and and playing semi pro. Yeah, and my sister Florida. Yep. Um, so, so it was five boys and one girl. So I kind of learned a little bit from everybody. That's I, I kind of, I was watching them all. And then, you know, in order to actually play with the big boys, they would have, they, they would make you do, you got to do, do 20 pushups in a row. Yeah. Um, let me see you stand on one leg. Uh-huh. Let me see you, let me, let me see you hit five free throws in a row. Then you can play with us. <laughs> so we just learned toughness. It was five brothers that was on me yeah. for whatever given time. At any given time, they were all on me about different things. Even with Percy, man, I never got a compliment from my brother, which is a great thing. Because yeah. I think nowadays we give them out like we're giving out dollars. Correct. Um, we give, man, my brother never complimented me on drums mm-hmm. until I actually went out. Uh, and did R. Kelly's tour, and that right. was like years down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was he he wanted me to earn that thing. That's he right. wanted me to know that I had to grind, and yeah. I, I kind of miss those days where you know we live in this time now where you gotta you gotta stroke people's ego, and you gotta really you gotta watch what you say to people, man. Right. But some of those moments where they was in the alleys and and you know when we was playing sports, and they were just you know they were just making you tough and. And, and I ain't saying downgrade. They wouldn't call me on my name, but they was just saying, are you ready for the moment? Right. What they were basically saying. That's right. You know, how I know you ready for the moment? You know, show me you ready for the moment. And you were like, I'm ready for the moment. Right. And you were ready to <laughs> prove yourself as opposed to what I see a lot today. And I'm not saying this with everyone, but a lot of groups I come in contact with, yeah. young men, um, that, that fire that's in your belly. Even when, you know, Jamie, we sportsmen. We yep. watch all kinds of sports. Yes, sir. Um, even with sports today, we don't see people like, 
<clears throat> just like owning it and wanting to be right. the best versions of themselves, man. And I kind of miss those days. But those are the times I grew up in. I learned a lot. I learned what not to do as well as what to do. Yeah. And those tough times coming from the west side of Chicago. So a lot of the history of who I am derives from a 4401 West Jackson. That's Thank Jackson you. and Costner, K-Town. Yes, yes sir. West side of Chicago. Yes, sir. I know it was so much, so much value in in that time growing up over there, man. I, yeah. As you were talking about playing when we were shorties, man, I, I remember, Ray, it was so stupid. We were so stupid as kids, man. We, <laughs> in, the, in the wintertime, Ray, we wanted to hoop so bad, we would shovel the snow off the you alley. You shovel the doggone snow. So we could hoop. <laughs> In the wintertime, our hands were bleeding yes. from freezing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Jamie? A lot of that toughness, it, it transitioned to other phases. That's in our real, life. though. That's real, bro. Like, real talk. It, it transitioned to other places in our lives, where, whether it be uh, uh, your marriages or how you were as, as, a, as a dad, yeah. you know, a father in the music industry and yep. in ministry moments. Mm-hmm. You never got swayed by what's somebody else being celebrated because you was like, hey, I'm going to get my time. Right. I get my time. Yes, sir. My, my time coming. Man. And that was that became our mentality because that's how we were. The snow was coming. It's okay, it's snowing, but right. we're going to figure this out. We're we going to get hoop. this snow out the way <laughs> and we're going to hoop. Yes. In other words, we had a purpose of we were focused on the vision that we had. And that was to move that snow out the way so we can get a couple rounds in on that's that. That's it, man. That's it. And yeah. we did it. That was so crazy, man. But you're right. We yeah. was focused and we made it happen, bro. Yeah. Now look, yeah, you were in a you were in a musical family. Uh, yeah. You grew up in yeah. church. And most kids, yeah. most kids gravitate when when they're musical. You know, most of the kids gravitate to the drums. And listen, because you're musical, I tell people all the time: when you're musically inclined, you could play any instrument. If you Ooh, give it. see, you, yeah. you 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 jumping in the book right now. Yeah, if, if you. Get- <laughs> That's the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. so, but with you, what was it for you that that the drums rung out and you said, "Well, look, I'm a, I'm gonna plant my feet here and do this." Man, well, well, let me go back to what you said because it has so much meat on it. Okay. Uh, as musicians, a lot of us we do gravitate to that that uh, that thing that that one thing that um, that kind of uh, motivates us, if you will, right. and some that one thing that we're intrigued with. But the reality of it is, the Creator has given us the ability to create in whatever facet. And Jamie, we're saying that nowadays in 2022 like we've never seen it before yes, sir. where young these young kids are playing a multiplicity of yes, instruments sir. and they're just as good on organ or bass than they are on drums and they you. can sing yep. and they can write yep so they have taken <laughs> that whole concept and owned it to the point where back in the day we kind of focused on one and for exactly. me man it was just in me from three years old. I just remember being a three-year-old kid yeah. um, and my sister having an easy bake oven set. <laughs> <laughs> that doggone easy bake oven became my drum set. I got it. The, my mama's old broomstick handle became my cymbal stand. I took one of them old 33s and 45 records, putting them, taped them on top of that doggone broom stand. And that was me again being creative and taking those coat hangers. Come yeah. on now, somebody. Uh-huh. And those coat hangers, take them off, take that that uh coat hanger, that white piece off the coat hanger, take it off, and that became my drumsticks, sticks. man. And yes, I sir. Just, but I saw, let me say this, let me say this to our listeners. I saw somebody doing it in church. Oh wow. I gravitated, in other words, to what I saw. 
Okay. I saw this guy, Dennis, Dennis, uh, I believe his name is Dennis Smith. Okay. And he's on the west side of Chicago. He's a drummer at Greatest St. John Missionary Baptist Church. Wow. Man, when I saw that brother play drums, <laughs> I was like, that's what I want to do. Wow. And I sat next to him and sat next to him. Person them had a group called the Righteous Four. Yeah. And there was a uh, four of them that sang on the west side, man. And I'm like, I'm playing for the Righteous Four one day. Wow. I'm going to play for them one day. And everybody kept saying, you a kid. But I knew what I had to battle through every day being a kid. So being a kid, you couldn't deter me just by saying that. Right. You might want to say something else. Yeah, something else on you, right. Saying, saying, saying I'm a kid, man, that didn't mean nothing to me. <laughs> that just meant more fuel to my fight. Right. And one day, he came, he, Dennis was late. And Percy then let me play, man. Oh, and man. I ain't, I'm telling you, I ain't know what I was doing, but my mother had always anointed us. Mm. Uh, and it's important. It's important that us young parents, that, that any parents that's listening right now, anoint your kids, man. Wow. Anoint your children. Anoint your, your youth. If you forgot to do it as a child, you say, well, I forgot, Pastor Beatty. I, they yeah, they older. Now, still go back and anoint them, man. man. The power of the oil of God yes. cannot be undermined. Man. And my mama anointed us. And, man, when I got on those drums at, at a small age of five years old, yeah. Percy them tell me to this day, it was something that they had never heard before from a kid. And it's just simply, be, I believe it's because my mother can continue to pray for her children wow. and she anointed her children. And we had the anoint the hand of God on top of the gift that he had distributed on the inside of us. So that started a long life career of uh, music uh, and drumming specifically and a love for it, man. It wasn't about no money. It never became about what I can get from it. It was always the fact that I could do it. The Lord had blessed me with a gift. Yeah. And every time I did it, I wanted to do it to the best of my ability. Wow. Even to this day, man, my la- I had my last concert recently with Marvin Sapp yeah. as I matriculate to this uh, new office, if you will. Yeah, we, on <laughs> senior way. we on our way there. I know. But I just had this last concert with Marvin, man. And I told Marvin, hey, man, this is my last one with you. It's in Houston, Texas. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. Um, and I've been with you 23 years. It's the last one before I, you know, move on to this other seat, to this other assignment God has given me. You ain't got to pay me. He's like, man, I said, no, man, you ain't got to pay me. I've always wanted to be in a position where I didn't play drums because I had to. Hmm. I played drums because I wanted to. Yeah. And that's called Michael Jordan gave me that years ago when I was in love with that man's game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When he was playing in Chicago, it was called the for the love of the game clause. Yeah, he yes, had sir. it in his contract where he could at any time just play for the love of the game. No yes, matter sir. if he was getting out on the street somewhere on 63rd, if he saw a hoop and wanted to shoot around. He was not relegated to the contract that he was in. He right. did not, not, not want that to bind him to the point where he couldn't just freely play the game that he loved. And I believe in the day we live in because of social media. We've come and we've became more in love with the moment on social media than the music in itself. Indeed. Indeed, man. <laughs> so I've always wanted to have that love. And I had that love at an early age. And even to now, um, when, when, when I do rarely play, I want to play because I love the fact that God blessed me with this awesome gift. And it's never about what I can receive from it. It's what I can give uh, to. Man, yeah. Listen, first of all. <laughs> I lo- hold on, man. Look, I I'm so glad that that God gave us talk to me because listen, yeah, man, you just said you you said a mouthful. 
I got I have mm-hmm. to extract a couple things out of what you just said. N- right. Number one, uh, you talked about what happened with you as a kid beginning to play the drums. You said your mother anointed you. And we mm-hmm. talked we talked to Maurice Fitzgerald. Shout out to Reese. What up, Reese? Uh, we talked to Reese, and Reese just told us that at the most trying time in his life, mm. that he was about to quit. He was playing, and he was at this he was this place where he was getting ready to do the Dan Willis project, and Darius was doing the project. Darius came in. Sanchez Harley came in to do the project. Reese was the bass player. Darius didn't like how Reese sounded and sent him to the crib. <laughs> I, you know, I remember all this. Yeah, man. Being, being, being that's my childhood best friend. <laughs> absolutely. Sent him to the crib, man. And so because of that, bro, um, he said that in that moment, his mother began to pray for him and speak mm. destiny over his life. She told him, look, wow. I know you're yeah. not playing, but I want you to go back to those rehearsals and just sit in and take it yes. all in and practice. And I pray that the mm. anointing that comes on you is going to take you to places you never dreamed. His Glory mother did that to him. And you just yeah. got through talking about Sister Martha. Yeah, that man. She anointed y'all. So yeah, I want did. you guys, listen, as we're listening today, Whenever the Lord speaks, wherever it comes, we got to pause and make sure we're hearing. So mothers, mothers, wherever you are, and Ray just said it a a few minutes ago, let's get back to praying and calling Mm -hmm. destiny over our kids. We have that ability. We can do that. We can speak over our children, man. And I'm so glad that you said it, man. And um, And, and, and one of our assignments, Jamie, is the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. And part of that training is to identify uh, what is it that they're that they're embracing? What is it they're glad they, they're gleaming to that 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 they're focused on? What is it that they're good at? Yeah. Let me let me yeah. uh, let me train them up in that thing, yeah. and not only train them, but as we're training in the kingdom, part of our training is anointing their heads with oil, yeah. so that the hand of God is on whatever that thing that they're good at. Not only are they operating in gift but they're operating in the anointing and grace of God yeah. to be able to do and function in that seat, in that gift. Yes, sir, bro. Yes, sir. Just listen. And so here's the second thing. Second thing you said, you talked about the love of the game clause. Of course, you know, I. Mm. you talked about that, right? So yeah. what it made me remember, we had Teddy Campbell here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah. Teddy said that as a 16 year old drummer that he prayed, he said to the Lord, I want to be able to play for a living. But when I come to church, I just want to play because I can. I don't want this to be my job. And if you'll do that for me, I'm going to keep playing and I'm going to keep doing my thing. He prayed that prayer at 16, man. And Teddy has been in a situation in his life from when the time he started playing till after that, where he's never had to take a salary from a church if he didn't want to. And we've seen him on stages that we all uh, aspire to be on and sitting in the seat that he's set in. Absolutely. Man. So, I mean, and again, we talked about that and we laughed about that. I said, bro, you have no idea what kind of prayer that was. You were at 16. Yeah. He said, yeah, man. He said, I just wanted to. And so, but, but you just said the same thing, right? Yeah, man. It's it's called, it's man. Before we even knew kingdom, some of us, God had instilled and put that thing inside. Yes, sir. And said inside our mother's womb and that thing, 
was infectious and it got hold to us even when we was on. That's why Jeremiah 29 and 11 is so powerful. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, saith the Lord. Yes, sir. The Lord knows the purposes that he has for our lives. That's why we can't be uh be trip out when when we go through various trials and tribulations they yeah. just testing us yeah um i was just being tested when i was a kid and uh, the brother of five uh, five older brothers um in the alley the, the, i was just the lord was just trying to see what i was made of you, you know and see if i was going to recognize who i was uh, made in the image of and before i ever knew a scripture i learned that in life and yeah. then when the scriptures came on and i got mature in the word i started to say oh man I was living this before I even knew it because it. because it goes back to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Before I knew it, he knew. He knew it. Come on, man. He knew it. He knew Absolutely. the plans that he had for me. And every now and then, we got to sell that to ourselves that whatever state we find ourselves in in life, whether it's pre COVID, post COVID, during COVID, yeah. God knows the plans that He has for us. And they're playing their thoughts of good mm-hmm. and their thoughts of not, not evil. Not evil. Uh, he wants us to succeed. Yeah. He ain't trying to get us to fail. But in the process, we're learning some things and we're growing and we're maturing in our faith. And, uh, and we're going from glory to glory as we learn and mature. That's why you and Teddy can sit back and look at these things and like, wow, it's 16. That's because God had planted that stuff Indeed. on the inside of him. And we come back to now know what it was all about. And now we even go now because we know it now at an older and mature age, we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. That's it, bro. That is it, man. Yeah. Ray, your <laughs> love for basketball, where'd that come from? Man. Where'd that come from? Okay. So again, playing in the alleys of Chicago, <laughs> playing in the hood, watching Percy, watching OD, watching George. But then watching my brother Robert, uh-huh. um, it just became you. Just, you just became competitive, and the sport of choice uh, for everyone in the hood where we grew up, where, uh, where we grew up at, was basketball. Yeah. Now we played, we played piggy. Come yeah, on, absolutely. Play strike them out, right? You know, we we played football. We we didn't play flag, flag football. We played mud football, tackle, uh, yes, snow sir. Football, right? You know. Uh, so we did it all, but basketball was the common denominator that brought everybody together. Okay. Girls would be in the alley watching us play. It was all of that. But in 1982, um, I fell in love with it watching this dude from uh, from from Chicago. It wasn't it, it wasn't even Mike yet. Okay. It was number 24, Reggie Theus. <laughs> get out of here. Man, Reggie Theus blew me away. He was just cool. Yeah. He was cold. He was the model. Everybody loved him. He was a model. <laughs> I mean, he was slick with it, man. And and WGN, we watched that Joker play, man. And I just fell in love with him. And I uh, I just fell in love with the game. Wow. And from there, here's this kid, though, a few years later, that comes from North Carolina. Yeah, buddy. And just took the NBA by storm. Now, mind you, my cousin is Terry Cummings. Terry, yeah. So Terry Cummings is my cousin. A beast. So we got to see basketball up close and personal yeah. because he was, him and Percy became best friends, yeah. not only cousins, but they became like brothers. Yeah. So we, we got to kind of watch up close at it, like the early ages of 12 and 13 years old. So, uh, and even to the point where I was the first person at Taft High School, shout out to Taft High School, I graduated 88, but I started in 84. Yeah. Man, I came to school, my cousin had got me the new Air Force 
uh, ones, the the white with the gray with the gray strap. Wow, gray yeah, yeah. Strap. Oh yeah, and, man. And come on, man, with the air bubbles in '84, <laughs> right? That just came out, dude. So that's crazy. School, I was the man. Did they think you was a drug dealer? Because you oh. had. To- <laughs> Well, well, people knew. I mean, you, know, you was bragging the fact that Terry Cummins, man, Terry Cummins, my cousin. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. And so when I got the shoe, because back then, let's 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 as preachers say, Paul, let's pause parenthetically. Right. Now. Let's set this up. <laughs> right. let's, let's set this up the right way. Now. Let's pause, for Jamie. Back then, it wasn't no buy. You couldn't buy those in the store. Right. They weren't in the store. That's Only right. NBA players had the Air Force One. Uh, the high top with the gray strip. Only NBA players had. That's those. correct. So for me to walk in school as a freshman with those shoes on, I had instant credibility. Yeah, man. And people knew that he, but wait, he he connected. Yeah, exactly. So man, that shoe, of course, connected me to basketball. Yeah. And basketball became a love, um, because of all the history and the background that I had uh, closely tied to it. And it, it just became a way of life, man. After church, basketball. Yeah. After school, bat. Man, we had we yeah. we built tournaments in the back of our crib, three on three tournaments. Yeah, man. We just everything was basketball because, and it was a way just to fellowship, corner near with brethren in the in the community and your in your hood, the yeah. neighborhood, and it was a safe place yeah. to just go and hang out. It yeah. became the hub. of of, of hangout basketball. That's what's up, man. I love it. And I didn't, I just realized I'm listening to dates. You said your freshman year was 84. Yes, sir. So your freshman year was, was Mike's rookie year. That's it. Come wow. on now. Do the math. Wow. <laughs> Do the math. I did so not I'm, know that. So man, I, I just became, you know, and, and of course Mike and his, and his, uh, in his rookie year, he was doing stuff <sighs> that Dr. Day had did, but it was on steroids. Yes, sir. <laughs> He could palm the ball, but he was a little bit, he was an inch shorter. Shorter, right. So the creativity was like on steroids. Mm-hmm. And, and then the red and black came. Yeah, and and the shoe came a year later. And right. it's like, you just, everything you did, you wanted to be like Mike. If you was any kind of baller in Chicago, yes, sir. you tried to walk like him. You just chewed chew gum like him. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, All of that, man. Mike. You wore the wristband. You yep. wore the sh- the, the socks had to be done just like Mike's socks. Yep. It was all of that because we were, again, I was watching greatness just as I had watched greatness with my brothers in the music industry Indeed. and watching coming up with the Thompson Community Singers and so on and so forth. I felt like Mike was that greatness that I was watching. Yeah. And it just happened to be that we was in the same city. Yeah, man. man Crazy. Was. Yeah. That just yeah, knocked so, it all out. But so that, again, was my, that was my hook. Another, yeah. another kingdom principle was at work in us. Because everything you just said is my same testimony. Everything you just said with that. But but another kingdom principle in work at us, the scripture says, mock the perfect man. Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Behold the upright, right? We were doing it even then because there was yeah. greatness in us. And yeah. we saw greatness personified on yeah. the screen. So it was already in yeah. us. It was attracting us. And so we were trying to do what we saw great do because there was yeah. great in us. That's a man. Listen, now, hold on now. Cause you, you, you're bringing the preach out in me. <laughs> That's no. good stuff. Yes, sir. Now, brother. We saw some other stuff that was not so great. Come on. That our spirits did not connect to. Come on. Because we had greater on the inside of us. Yes, sir. I feel like great. Come on, Reverend. And, and that, that lets anyone know out there that you wonder, why don't I do that that easy? Why don't, 
Why don't I like that kind of stuff? Because it's not, it's not, it's not where your spirit is. Your mm-hmm. spirit is a little raised. Come right. on, somebody. Come on, man. You, 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 you have a greatness in, on the inside. That's why he said that uh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah. When he made us in Genesis one twenty six, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness yeah. and let them have dominion. Yes, we're, we're made great. And, and anything that's mediocre, sometimes, you know, I look at food sometimes and it, it don't look it don't even look good enough yeah. because I, my mindset has been so many different places. Yep. I want my presentation even of my food to You're look right. excellent. Oh, and, my but, God. but that's because it's excellence and it's greatness. Not in my ability. It's in who God created me to Come be. On, and most of us sometimes forget that we're made in the image because we look at our circumstances. We look at our. We look at who's gotten the call before we did. Right. That has nothing to do with who God created you to be. Zero. That's why it, says it does not yet appear what mm. you shall be. Come on. You may not be at the uh, at, at phase two. You may be at phase one. You may not be at phase three. But let me tell you something. If you keep on pushing and you keep on pressing toward the mark, you will get everything, and you will go everywhere that God has de- has destined and designed for you to go. And, man, and boy, you got me fired hey, up. Hey, bro, today. listen, man, this is good stuff, and I'm talking about we just getting started. <laughs> man. <laughs> so, look, man, you were the MD for the first live Marvin Sapp record. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Yes, I sir. I remember that. I remember I remember <laughs> well, brother. Now, how did man, that happen? You got man? A good memory. Yes, sir. How did that happen? How did that come about? So, so at that time, so obviously I started as a kid playing drums. Um, I followed Percy. Um, I'm just going to give you some history real give quick. Give it. Come on. So I, I followed Percy, which led me to all type of uh, just avenues and venues because he was playing at that time. In 84, this brother's playing with the whinings. He's yeah. writing songs like Love Has No Color come and all on, that kind of caring. God, on, you know. People, listen, there is something. Man, man, come on. That was that I was just a hit. It. I can't. So he's it. writing that stuff and and then of course he he's playing with the Thompson community singer. So right. I see the what I consider one of the bands of life. I don't feel like there's a best in the kingdom of God, but sure. they're one of God's greatest groups ever organized. Indeed. And I saw excellence, man. Yeah. So all my life I saw greatness and I saw I just watched Percy, and Percy was always uh migrating to to excellence mm-hmm. he uh from from the one from the tommies to the whinings he went to bb and cc so bb and cc hooked up with this female singer one of the greatest of all time by the name of whitney houston Come on. and percy wrote one of her one of their hits of all time hold, hold up the light the light yes sir man save the world from darkness <laughs> so watching all of this that again, that aroma of greatness started to get and be a part of me. And I just wanted to impress my brother. I wanted to present greatness to my brother. No, so um, we had a recording session with the Thompson Community Singers where Percy wanted me to uh, play drums for this song called Shout. Yeah. Uh, y'all y'all remember Shout? On, just another day's journey. And I'm glad. Uh-huh. Yes, sir, bro. So, Percy had me going to studio for that particular song. He said, I want something different. I need you to deliver me something that ain't never been heard. Wow. And back then we had a look, we, we, Teddy, Teddy would know this. We started, we started this double snare thing, man, <laughs> where it was, it was like this hip hop. Uh-huh. Yes, vibe. sir. 
that we brought to the church, and it became crazy, man. Yeah, buddy. And from there on, Percy started to utilize me exclusively. Now, shout out to my mentor and who I feel is is one of the goats of all time, Kevin Bronson, man, come who on. showed me how to hit those drums, yes, sir. And how to remain solid, and how to be a lockdown artist on those drums. Because yeah, I knew how to do licks and chops because I was young and I was just on the West Side, just right. being wild and free. But being around the Tommies and being around Kevin, they taught me discipline and how to just, you know, set the stage and, and make the groove feel good. So from there, Percy ended up uh, just utilizing me exclusively to the point where he finally got these opportunities to produce entire projects and not just one off and be a producer that produces one song. But he had an entire project, and this was Marvin Sapp's Grace and Mercy album. Yes, sir. Marvin Sapp's Grace and Mercy album. This is my first huge. Uh, this is this is it. This is the pinnacle of gotcha. your career. You know, I'm I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm recording this Grace and Mercy album. Uh, I'm probably, I'm probably I think I'm 22 or something like that. Yeah. And man, I'm playing with Richard Gibbs. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with Al Willis. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with Steve Huff. Yes, sir. These are guys that I looked up on. Jesus is a practice. Yes, sir, bro. I mean, these are them guys. Uh-huh. I'm playing this session with them. Not only am I playing with them, Percy tells me, I want you to kind of take the lead. Take the lead doing what? <laughs> I can't lead them. And he like, just take the lead. You, you'll be all right. I'm like, be all right doing what? And man, I learned leadership 101. Uh, shout out to my sister, rest in peace, Melinda Sapp. Yeah, one of the out. sweetest jewels of our time. Man. Yeah. That woman took me under her wings. Marvin became my big brother. And uh, from that album on, Marvin saw leadership in me. And I wasn't doing nothing but just making sure I was on time, making mm-hmm. sure everybody had water, making sure that everybody had their notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote up the sound check times. It's just Man, leadership just became, I just saw a lot of leadership growing up, yeah. and I just emulated what I saw. Yeah. Ooh, let me stop right there and just give is. this nut. Make sure you have somebody that's mentoring you out there. If you're the best mind, in the, and if you're the greatest mind in the rooms that you stand in, then you need to get out that room. You're in the wrong room. You need to be in a room <laughs> where other people are better than you, that's and you right. don't need to be afraid of others being better than you, yes, because that's the only way that you're going to learn and grow to be a better version of yourself come on so because i was leading people that were better than me i was always learning i was leading but i was also learning because they had been there before i just the lord just gave me a leadership man mental and who knew what that was going to matriculate to back then right so now it is but god was setting me up in in those days and times to the point where after we do the grace and mercy cd 96 uh it was 98 it was September of 98, and the new year comes around. Marvin Sapp calls my phone. Like, man, why is he calling my phone? All right. Marvin asked me what I consider uh, being his music director. Wow. Um, he wanted a new direction. And, and, and back then, Jamie, you got to realize this. Drummers, it, it was unheard of. Yeah, they weren't the doing it. They weren't doing drummer. it. To be a music director. They were not doing it. That's right. They were not doing that back then. So I started, the Lord had allowed me to be part of a revolution that started to allow other instruments to be the lead, uh, to, to, to be the lead minstrel in the camp. And Marvin, that. obviously, you know, God, uh, thank God and all, all glory go to him. He saw something in me mm-hmm. from a leadership standpoint. And now for the last 23 years plus, 
I had the privilege of leading his band. And now because I'm transitioning into this new space, uh, Curtis Lindsay is taking on that responsibility and he's been trained and it's just time for his next. And that's how the kingdom evolves and grows, man, because you're able to move and you're able to train someone else. But it started with somebody seeing something in me. And let me say this as well. If you ain't doing nothing, they can't see nothing. <laughs> my, my, my. Man, if you just sitting back waiting for people to tell you what to do, then you are just a part of, you're a part of an organization. Come on. But let me tell you something. When you have leadership on the inside of you and you have greatness on the inside of you, you don't necessarily got to take over. But what you do is you're a part of, you want to be, I want to be, a, I want to be a main ingredient of mm. what's going on. I want to help this ship. And I, what I saw back then, I just wanted to help the record. I wanted to help my brother uh, do the best that he possibly could as being the producer and songwriter for this particular project. Right. I knew he had a lot of weight on him. I didn't know his the weight that was on him. I didn't know. I couldn't feel it. But I do know that I had the skills to help out. Yeah. And many times we look to be asked when we should just be just be ready, man. Just yeah. be ready for the call. Um, and that when you're ready, man, and you don't have to get ready. You'll be in a position that people to call you because they see something on you. Oh, and that's what happened with me in those days. That's how I got to play with that Marvin Sapp. And now, 20 plus years later, that's that music is that music is history. Yes, sir, brother. It's in the archives of time. Maurice Fitzgerald has played, Rodney East, yeah. Jason Tyson, all these incredible cats became my brothers in the industry, man. And we, man, we reigned. The Lord had us reign for a long time in the industry yeah. simply because we had a love for the music yep. and we wanted to, each time we played it, we wanted to be our be- the best versions of ourselves. Absolutely. So that's how that, that whole trip started. I love it, man. I absolutely love that. And listen, you, you've been playing the drums for many, many years now. And a lot of people now don't see you in that light. They, they, they haven't been privileged <laughs> To, to watch you play. But there was a time that we just were talking about. I remember, first of all, you got this dude from the West Side playing left-handed, right? <laughs> right? Left-handed. Jamie, Jamie remember it all. Come on, Dang. right? No, listen. From the from the West Side, left-handed drummer man. And listen, what I I, I was we listen, we talked to Rex Hardy. We talked to Rex Hardy, and, and Rex told us that you were one of the guys that he watched that made drumming look cool. He said, man, I, man, drummers were cool, man. He he mentioned Ray Beatty, man. He, he made it look cool. He was one of the guys that made me want to want to play. And I remember, wow. I remember watching you, man. I remember watching you, man. There was such an energy, such a showmanship that you exuded, man. I remember, man, I used to see you jumping up and down and doing, and see, I love all that, all that <laughs> stuff, man. I loved it. I said, man, look at Ray, man. This <laughs> so I loved it, bro. I absolutely love that, man. But it's but again, all those years later, man, um, the the people that you've inspired, uh, just doing. And again, you were just doing what you love to do, like you just explained. It wasn't like you weren't trying to get on yeah. or trying to be nobody. You were just being authentically you and doing what yeah. you were called to do, man. And and it has inspired a whole new generation of guys, man. That and we have no idea when when we're in place and doing the stuff that God's called us to do. We we don't man. know who's watching. We don't know don't what know. we're doing with those seeds. Don't know the seeds, the seeds that you're sowing. That's right. Yeah, man. So, so listen, I, I remember you playing. I remembered that energy. I also remember, man, you spent a considerable amount of time playing for R. Kelly. 
Um, you, yep. you, yep. I don't know. I don't know if you were his, were you his first drummer? No, I was the second the drummer second man, that, that played with him. And, and funny, you should bring that up, man. A lot of people, when I preach or they read, they, they read my resume and they get it. And they, they, some churches call back. You, you, you sure you want to, are you sure you want to keep that in your, in your bio? <laughs> I say, well, let, let, let me say it like this. If I take R. Kelly out of my bio, then Paul would have to take out killing Christians out of his bio. Come on, somebody. All things Reverend. work together. You heard me? <laughs> okay. Be careful now. So <laughs> it, it, the, the, the truth is the truth. Yes, I, sir. I, I, played, I played drums with R. Kelly. Yeah. Now, the other truth is I had nothing to do with what was going on or what they alleged that was going on in those days. Uh, because though that that was before our time, right? Um, but man, my time with R. Kelly and, and and that camp back in the early '90s, man, it was one of the most pivotal times and great times of my life. Yeah. My actual uh, touring, uh, my 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 roadie, if you will, uh, he was an older uh, older white guy by the name of Terry Spackman. He was okay. 50 years old. He wrote me a letter years later. Um, after I t- finished touring with R. Kelly, and I'm I'm saying this for a reason to tell you how all things work together. Got it. Um, I believe that some of us, not, not all of us, but those that are and can handle that world, they're called to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 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 supposed to be marketplace ministers yeah. of the gospel. Um, but 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 what we have done is we've done a great job of just being inside the four walls of the church and having we we have locked that down. We know how to shout. We know how to do a worship service. We know how to have church the whole nine. We got it. But when it comes down to living outside of the four walls, what we've actually um, done inside the four walls, man, that becomes the hard part for us. But for me, um, I really wanted to do my best to try to represent who my mama raised me to be. Yeah, man. That was my foundation. And here it is, this 50-year-old tech, this drum tech, this roadie, this, this, he's my tech. He's my, he's my tech. And so for those of you that don't know, a tech is somebody who sets your drum sets up at, at different cities when you're on tour. He sound checks to make sure the guy good heads, the whole nine. They just make sure you're sweet on tour. You get, you matriculate to that level when you're playing with those type of artists. Yep. And man, he wrote me a letter years after we toured and said he had been wondering one time how we had did about 28 shows in a row. 28 days in a row and it got to like the 25th day and i still had you know as you just mentioned bouncing on the seat smiling (laughs) sticks in the air you know that was just me that was my vibe i just played like that and he said he used to wonder how can this guy play 22 shows in a row 25 shows in a row and giving the same energy every night and then coming back and you know praying with people and, and loving on people after the show and making them laugh and he said he found out what I had. And he said it was the joy of the Lord that you never told us about, that you showed us. And he said he gave his life to Christ simply because of what my life exemplified. Wow. Man, wow. If, if that ain't the biggest testimony of who we're supposed to be in the world, wow. where we ain't got necessarily got to say his name, mm-hmm. but we got to live his name. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's what that's what I'm talking about when when I'm saying God, I, I, I never will say he sent me out there, but because I wanted to go out there and play and do that music, God covered me and he kept me and he was still able to receive the glory 
even with me being in that type of type of environment. Yeah. And I get again, I say it was the most funnest times of my life. We played basketball. We did a sound check. We went to the mall. Mm-hmm. We did a show. Yeah. We went to another city, played basketball, mm-hmm. did a sound check, went to the mall and did a show. It was great times, man. Yeah. yeah. It was just great times. And then God gave me favor where the second round when we uh when they had the ninety six Olympics uh in the in the United States and in, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. Uh, he gave me the uh, privilege of actually picking the next band members that would go out with us. Okay. And he, they were looking for a music director and he was like, well, well, won't you do it? And I was like, man, we be, we be at the mall. We be at the, uh, playing basketball somewhere. And I'm supposed to be a music director, man. I'll be all, all kind of trouble. No, right. I can't be. A music director. I said, but I can bring somebody in. And, uh, I, I got the perfect person. If he's willing to do the job, he's cold blooded. And that, that that afforded me the opportunity to bring Percy Beatty in. Amazing. So I brought Percy in, and Percy became the music director. And man, from there, it just was, it was, they were just, they became uh, good partners in music. Then you hear the sounds of the I Believe I Can Fly, that mm-hmm. Percy intro, uh-huh. that whole, that whole dynamic. And man, just great music. Steve Huff came in and played bass. Luke Austin came in and played Luke. colors. Man, so. He, he just allowed us to bring our cats in into that situation. And uh and um it was just beautiful until God called me away from it. Yeah. And that's the that's and that means to stop right there. Whatever you call you're called into, that may be for a season. He Come may on. also call you out of it as well. Yep. Because and sometimes what God is saying is, You've done what I needed you to do. And for me in that time, God told me he had I've done what I needed him to do. Needed, he needed me to do rather. He needed me to show uh, Robert Kelly a different lifestyle. Wow. Um, and he saw that by us hanging and playing basketball and me meeting my wife, and meeting my son, Jamon, and seeing my life and how I live my life. God said, your time is up and it's time for you to shift. And he shifted me to another place. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know what he was doing then. Yep. And sometimes you just have to trust God when you even can't, you can't even trace him and see what he's doing. But um, you have enough trust in him to understand that he's not trying to set you up a failure. He's just trying to take you to another level. Man, I absolutely love it. So, so yes, God started shifting you off the drums and onto the mic. Yeah. Uh, You, you heard, you heard from the Lord about singing and recording as an artist. Uh, And I remember he gave you a specific vision about how to be an artist. And he gave you a specific lane. Talk to us about Ray Beatty, Mission KOB. Oh man, man. It was a, it was, it was, it was a, it was a literally a labor from the Lord. Um, he, when he told me to stop playing for R. Kelly, I was like, okay, cool. Now what am I going to do? God, I mean, we having a conversation, Jamie, on the expressway. I'm stuck in traffic. Uh, on uh, on the on the freeway, right, right, right in where the White Sox Park is. Okay. Um, I'm just like, we got another tour. I gotta go out on tour. Right. And the Lord said, No, you don't. You've done what I, I've done. You you're done with that. I'm I'm calling you to something else. I'm like, but what they gonna do? Say so you can't be concerned with what they gonna do. Hmm. You got to be concerned with what I'm telling you to do. Wow. And I had to shift my focus to stop worrying about people. And do uh, and, and lock in on the assignment that he was calling me to. Yeah. He said to me, clear as day on Expressway, he said, what is it proper to man to gain the world Uh-oh. and lose your soul? Man, uh, <laughs> I was we was about to go on tour with, with Buster Rhymes. I'll never forget this. Yeah. 
And I was making great money, yes, thousands of dollars yes, during a, a, a week on tour. Mm-hmm. Retainer, the whole nine. He yeah. was taking care of me. Yeah. Um, but I thought about it and I said, you know, okay, God, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. And man, and like, I'm not going to sit here and say that from the transition from playing drums with Rob to actually singing that it was beautiful. It wasn't. I man, we was on chicken wings for it. We had to go buy them five pounds of chicken wings for three dollars back then. Yeah. We had to make stuff. We had to make ends meet because yes, the income that I had coming in, um, the bulk of that income had diminished because right. of the decision that I made to quit in the height of his career. Right. But man, God was God was training me on how to transition. Help me, Holy Ghost, right wow, now. Wow, wow. He was training me early on on how to transition and not be so comfortable in a place that you think that you're in. Yeah. So um made the decision to leave. I told Percy um that God had called me to uh to sing and he wanted me to sing. Now, mind you, Jamie, I'm not you. Oh, man. I, ain't, I, ain't, I wasn't born with a with a silver with a silver vocal in my mouth because <laughs> you know so for those that don't know uh i i i highly esteem jamie simon as oh, one of the bro. most incredible vocalists that of our time come on bro come and that's on. just not that's just not fluff that's just is what it is man, what, what some that, of us bro. have to work at god gave him effortlessly oh, man. <laughs> and, wow. and, and one thing that we have never ever been we have not been in competition with each other. Oh God! I've been no. able, like he's been able to glean at my gifts. Yep. I've been able to do the same thing with Absolutely. him. And this young, this I'm just saying, Jamie has been an A one dude uh, since A one wow. back in the day. It's it's never been about him. It's never been about what you know he could do. It was right. always he was always a team player. So oh, I just man. want to throw that in there. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate um, that, bro. That seeing somebody like Jamie, Jamie. That effortlessly sings, and then Chicago being who Chicago was in right. terms of singers, I had my doubts. Like, okay, God, you really want me to do this? You know, I done played for all these incredible vocalists, these male vocalists, and and now you want me to sing? God said, I, and I told God that day, I said, God, I can't do what they can do. Right? He said, Good. <laughs> I don't need you to be them. I need you to be the best Ray Beatty that you can be. Such a great Jamie. Lesson. Man. It was the day that I took ownership to that statement yeah, and right. understood that Scottie Pippen is frustrated to this day because he Ooh, could not be Michael Jordan. And many of us are, str- are frustrated because we gleam and we envy other people right. when God's waiting for us to be the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. And that's where the blessing is going to come yes, from. Sir. The day I took ownership to it was the day that he positioned me Love for it. what he wanted me to do Love in it. the vocal arena. Wow. I ended up uh, just before I had a record company, before I had a record deal or any of that, I just started to see myself where God wanted me to be seen. Yeah. I started to get singers. I started to, I love this white artist by the name of Carmen. My mind. I used to love Carmen. Rest in peace. I thought Carmen, Carmen yeah. was the first best thing since sliced brick. I never seen that in, in my arena where I came from in Chicago. It was one style yep. that we were kind of accustomed to seeing, the churchy, churchy, church yep. thing. And that was cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. But when I saw Carmen yeah. and I saw stadiums mm-hmm. and I saw dancers yeah. and I saw all kind of pyroglyphics right. and everything going, I was like, wait a minute. I liked and I and that became something I gleaned from. I would just watch and go find clips on Carmen. Yeah. And from there, 
I said, you know what? It'd be nice if we had some dancers. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted dancers and all of that to be a part of my presentation is I wanted to give God the best of me from a creative standpoint. Yeah. I just man. felt like Jamie watching the Lord just took my mind back and said, You've been around R. Kelly. You've been you've watched this Carmen thing. You've watched uh BB and CC. You've watched a lot. You watched the Tommies. You saw excellence. And God just began to say, there's excellence on the inside of you. There's creativity that hasn't been seen that's inside of you. So don't be afraid to do it, man. So we got the little kids that was at the church at the time. Shout out to Victory Christian Assembly, my father-in-law's church, (laughs) uh, Apostle Carl L. White Jr. Um, I got some of those youth, and they became a part of the ministry. And we just started to put things together. Shout out to Tyrone Block. Who gave me my first opportunity Tyrone. to uh, to to do a concert to open up for his one of his and I love sound LSD love salvation devotion. Yep, I opened up for their concert. Um, my brother, shout out to my brother Robert Beatty. I didn't have no money. He put our Sean John jean jackets and jeans on his credit <laughs> card. <laughs> so that was my outfit. And man, Jamie, you can't despise those. You can't des- despise those small beginnings. Not man. at all. And and from there, it just took off. People in Chicago started to want to see my ministry. Yeah. And from there, Percy, the Lord blessed Percy to sign a, a major publishing deal where he had to actually uh, get artists. Yeah. And uh, he came to me one day and said, Lord told him that I would be one of his artists. And the record company had never heard me do anything. Yeah, I remember. And, and from there, KOB was born. Wow. Percy started. He said, no, I'm not going to write it all. You're going to write some stuff. And I said, I'm all right. He said, yeah, you got some writing on the inside of you, too. Wow. Again, as we said, at the beginning of this, this, um, this, at the beginning of our conversation today, uh, you said that we gravitate to certain things, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things that are inside of us. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff that, that lives on the inside of us. And who knew that some songwriting was living on the inside of me? And from there... Percy allowed me to just utilize that gift and hone that gift. And of course he taught me about lyric writing and and what it means to write lyrics. And you just don't want to use that word. You want to use another word that explains that word. Oh man. You're talking about some one of songwriting masterclass before. I was finna say, man, you sat in a Percy Beatty masterclass, bro. Percy Beatty masters class. He told a story in which the, you, you and your, your, the group had, uh, 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 the, uh, y'all blessed us to be a part of that keep on believing yes sir man I didn't know what the heck he was writing heard yeah. about a lady who could see what lies ahead yeah. many came by thousands just to get their few he was talking about a fortune teller yeah my, my butt was and he could have just said I heard about a fortune teller right but he was taught to make people want to listen to what you have to sing. I love, oh man, you teach it. You're teaching a cl- you come on, give us this oh, Percy Baby 101, bro. I love it. Oh man, he taught me words matter. Yeah. Words he he taught me how um uh his favorite songwriter in the gospel, shout out to Marvin Winans, mm. took him under his wings yeah. and began to teach him some things. Um and man, he just he wrote from a different perspective. It wasn't it wasn't the regular sentence that he would write. He I would write it. How can I say that sentence in another way? Yeah. So so he wrote stuff like life was bitter to the core. Oh, there was nothing to live for until love. Listen here now. 
Woo! Oh, man. Mad looking. There is no way I can live without you. Burdens are too much for me to carry. Oh, there is no way I can live with. I've tried over and over and over, but there is no man. Just the direction of his pen was just incredible. So that keep on believing. I wrote, uh, uh, I wrote some songs with him. He allowed me to write a song or two by myself. Yeah, and I just. Uh, that that itch just became something that that I scratched. I scratched. I had an itch for writing and being around music on that from a production standpoint, even. Man. And a person just allowed me to operate in that in that sphere, man. And, and because of having somebody like him in front of me, man, uh, it just took me beyond my wildest dreams. And that record was a uh, that record was a, a the birthing of what God was trying to do with me. And who knew? that it was connected to something else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're going to laugh when I say this, but to this day, I still listen to Can't Find Nobody Like You. From oh, you better I stop. Lo- I'm, I'm telling you, I love that tune, bro. I have always wow. loved it. I love it. Love it. And man, to this day, you, I still I pull it I never knew that. Yes, sir, man. And see, when I was singing and recording, Man, I ain't going to sit up here and lie. We could just have a real conversation yeah, on this podcast. That's what I... I was thinking of cats like you. I was thinking of Cedric Ford. Yeah, buddy. I was thinking of all the cats that I knew that sang. And in other words, there was an honor and respect. Like, hey, man, you come from greatness. Yeah. Don't, you got go make sure this is right. Yeah, buddy. And it wasn't a competition more so than what, it was ah, respect. Absolutely. It was a respect for the mantle of singing yeah. in that city, man, yes, sir, in Chicago. Buddy. Yes, sir. And it, it, it was such a huge, uh, um, it was such a huge group of greatness yeah. in Chicago yes, that you didn't want to let the city down, man. Right. So from a pen to writing <laughs> to singing it, I let, I, I think I let you hear a tune or two before it came out. Yes. I let Seth Ford yep. hear a tune because I wanted to make sure that what I was putting out was right. Yes, sir. Because I, I was standing on the shoulders of so much greatness, man. Yeah. And so, you, yeah. you called us all together to come do to keep on believing. To oh, man. man. We yes. all came in the studio. I'll never forget that, bro. We uh, Do you that got pictures huge. and stuff from that? I got pictures from that. Remember, we all went to the, uh, we went to the, uh, it wasn't the AFC. It was Christ Universal, yes. some big event. Yes. And yes. we all performed that live yes, together. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, That sir. was a moment, too. I don't man. even remember what the event was, but I certainly remember. I don't. But we, we all did that. Everybody, all the men that were part of that, Super all dope. the male singers in yep. Chicago. Super dope, man. Background on yeah. that. I love Oh, it. man. So Boy, you bring it back. Never. Yeah, bro. Listen, this is the real, <laughs> this is the Ray this Beatty interview yeah. so you got to talk about the real stuff you know <laughs> what i mean so look yeah. so you left chicago you mm-hmm. went to texas to be a youth pastor wow ray how the heck <laughs> did that happen yeah if we was on another we were on a sports show we say some other <laughs> <laughs> that what is really going on man so let me let me get i'm gonna fast track this okay um so I had did the recording for Lamar Campbell. Okay. Uh, I love you, Jesus. Right. All right. Um, you had Terry Baker on drums. You had Al Willis on guitar. Shout out to Rest in Peace, Anthony Harmon on oh, guitar. Oh, big bro. Yeah. Shout out Anthony to Anthony. Yeah. You had Derek. Uh, uh, all these, all these power players. And for some odd reason, again, Q 
Kingdom Connection. I'm gonna call this this podcast gonna the the, the subtitle gonna be All Things Work Together. Glory. <laughs> I love it. Because I'm just man, I'm having a moment right now just thinking about it. Yeah. So Lamar Campbell, me and him, out of all the other musicians, me and him became real close. Okay. Out of all the other cats. Now I was just the mute, I was the drum programmer. Okay. I was doing drum programs. But Terry Baker played the actual drum set. I yeah. did drum program. Out of all the cats there, me and Lamar just hit it off. We became like best friends, came like a big brother to me. He's in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. Well, Lamar transitioned and moves to Houston, Texas, wow. where he becomes praise and worship leader for Windsor Village United Methodist Church. Wow. <laughs> Again, all things work together. Indeed. So... Um, I'm going around the country with the I with the uh, Keep On Believing record, just doing promo and just doing concerts at youth events. You know how we do when you got yeah. a record out, you support and then you're out there doing it. He brings me to before he leaves to Houston. He brings me to uh, to Light of the World Church where he was uh, the uh, music minister of music. Okay, get a concert for their youth. God bless as he was in that season. Well, when he matriculated to Houston. He brought me in in June, in July of 2004 to be, you know, a musical guest for the youth. Came oh. in, had a great time with the youth, had a, you know, phenomenal time. Now, that's July of 2004. Okay. Jamie Simon, you know we played basketball in Hazelcrest. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, we played basketball, y'all, every Tuesday and Friday. Yeah. So we played Tuesday and Fridays by 11 or 12 o'clock, can't remember the exact time, but we had our crew that we played basketball with all the time. I got to the point in October of 2004, I told God, now remind you, I did the concert for Windsor Village in July. I love the kids. It was something about them that was special. And I was like, I wonder what happened to those kids. Because I would always wonder that, but it was a heavy burden for these kids in Houston. Like, what happened? I wonder what happened. And then we had such a good time. Two-day two day workshop. It was okay. incredible. Mm-hmm. October comes around. I play basketball one day. I come home, take a shower. And I'm sitting there like, this can't be it for the rest of my life. I mean, I play basketball. I do concerts with Marvin. I'm doing concerts with myself. Going across the country. I play basketball. I do concerts. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Going to concerts. I was like, this can't be it. In other words, Jamie, it just came It came to a point where it was not fulfilling anymore. There you go. And yeah. I just said it. And when I believe in my spirit that when I spoke it into the atmosphere, God was already ready to elevate me. Wow. It was just, was I ready to receive elevation? Mm-hmm. So my yes was God's confirmation. Wow. wow. <laughs> God was ready to position me. It was just a matter of was I ready to receive what he was about to take me. Yeah. And when I said that, they brought me back in in New Year's Eve for the concert, for a New Year's Eve concert that I did for them. And uh, I, I just had a, there was something in my spirit like, man, these kids are incredible. I wonder, I wonder how, they, how they doing. I received a call in February of 2005. And they asked me what I consider. They got my number from Lamar Campbell. Um, they know it's going to come out of nowhere. But would I consider being the youth pastor uh, wow. of Windsor Village Church? They saw something in me. They saw how the kids gravitated to me. And um, just to pray about it. Man, I sat there and looked at the phone like it was crazy. Just... I had, first of all, 
I ain't never wanted to be no preacher. Right, right, right. <laughs> Second of all, I was doing fine being in the music industry. Being Absolutely. An but again, God's ways are not our ways, man. And I began to, to, to ask God what he wanted me to do. Three days later, my son, on a man, he had been kicked and he had been limping for, for like two weeks. And, you know, uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Yeah. Black fathers. Yo, you be all right. It, you man, just man up. I get it. But after two weeks of him limping, my wife, thank God for smart wives, mm-hmm. she took him to the hospital. And come to find out, Jamie, Saturday morning, this is uh, this is a few days after I received the uh the um the call from Houston. Man, a doctor Jordan called my son's doctor at the time and said, You need to take your son to the hospital right away. We see something. Mm. End up, my son was diagnosed with osteosarcoma bone cancer in the leg. Yes, sir. rare, yep. rare, rare. Mm-hmm. But, but thank God for the kick Hold because on. had he not been kicked, that thing could end up spreading and becoming something worse. Yeah, man. Um, at that time, I was like, I, 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 I loved the Lord and I loved His Word. But I didn't I didn't have a lifestyle of it. Come on. So, man, what the Lord did, um, he spoke to me. He spoke to me and said, it's it's your time. I said, God, how can I move away from my family? My son got cancer. You know, he said, I got you. I got you and your wife. Trust me. I, I got you. And, man, one of the signs that the Lord had me was the pastor of the church, Pastor Kirby John Caldwell. Yes, sir. Was on the board. Of the large, the, the the number one cancer research facility in the country, MD Anderson, was right there right. in Houston, Texas. <laughs> I, will, I will scream on this. Come on, man. Man, God said he had me and he was showing me signs. I got you. Say, God, but I ain't never did this. God said, but I have. <laughs> wow. Man, I went and followed God to Houston, Texas. My son was backdoored into MD Anderson, had an in, Dr. Lewis, shout out to Dr. Valerie Lewis, took care of my son. But in the process, we went through for seven months. Man, the Lord told me to do that job. Started with 35 youth. Next Sunday, 75 youth. Yeah. Next Sunday, 125 youth. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday, 200 youth. Next Sunday, 250 years. In, in other words, the Lord just kept growing the ministry. Yeah, man. The building that we were in only held 156 people. <laughs> we had a good problem. <laughs> we was packing out. And let me say this to anybody out there to say that, that it's all about your ability. I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. All I was doing was saying yes. The same thing with my record deal. <laughs> my, my testimony is not about a record deal or about my greatness or my ability. It was all about me dropping my will mm. to follow God's will. When I dropped my will to play drums and go do the record, when I dropped my will to live in Chicago and move outside of my comfort zone and move to Houston, it was all about dropping my will to, 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 to walk in the, to the will of God to, to do the things that he had already ordained and anointed and destined for me to do. And because I was following him and I was obedient, his grace was sufficient on our ministry. We ended up looking up years later and we got 500 to 700 kids in youth church. Not only do we got kids in youth church, 
but they mamas and they daddies coming to youth church yes, sir. more so than they coming to adult church. They ain't even coming to, they don't want to come to big church. They want to come to youth church yeah. because of the anointing that was in the room that God had us, man. Yeah. So that's my, that's how I got to Houston because God had orchestrated Lamar Campbell to be the music director. He knew that that would be the end to me becoming the, uh, the youth pastor there. And for 16 years, God has led me and had me in that spot when I could have went to many different places after five years. But God told me to stay right there. Um, I hear Marvin Sapp when he went right before that song, One Thing. Stay there. Stay there. Yeah, stay there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Lord told me to stay there, man. And I was comfortable until recently when he's had me. Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Take a move that I never saw coming. Man, please. Well, um, I, I I just heard uh, there's so much, as you just said, meat on the bone. Lamar Campbell and you meet. You, you forge a relationship. He leaves where he is in Indianapolis, goes to Houston. You're recording, you're, you're recording artists, you're touring, you're doing your thing. You move and you go to Houston because of Lamar, correct? Correct. You get there, you do what you do there. <laughs> you come back, you get a call from them to come back to Houston. But while you, before you get that call, you find out that your son has been kicked and has this rare form of cancer. Mm. At 14 years old, by the way. 14 years old. Now you're leaving, going to Houston. (laughs) And when you get to Houston, the pastor that is there is on the board for a cancer. (laughs) This, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening (laughs) and if you've been paying attention, there is a theory called divine synchronicity. Jesus Christ, Lord. Where all of these things are lining up at the same time. Jesus. And and here's the here's the bottom line. What what Ray said, and I please I hope somebody is listening and you get this today. He said, I didn't know what I was doing in any of these situations. All Mm. I had was surrender and yes. Jesus. That's all I had. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the map. I just knew that I was in these situations. I surrendered to God and I said, yes, if somebody's listening today and you're in that place and I, man, I didn't mean to shift over like this, but if you're oh, in no, that place, if you're My in God. that place, please like real talk, bro. just understand that, that your ways are not his ways. Yeah. But if you give your life a yielded life to the Lord, that's all he needs. That's all he wants you to do is to be broken and to give yourself to him. And he's going to take the reins. He's he's going to take the reins and he's going to do what he does. So. All right. And Jamie, if I can just jump in and say, well, what is because people may say, well, what is the end result? What 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 happens when we say, yes, Hmm. my son who was diagnosed with osteosarcoma bone cancer and Dr. Peabody here at the University of Illinois Hospital would have been happy if 50% of the cancerous tumor was dead. But I told him, we don't serve a 50% God. We serve a 100% God. And after going through 
for seven months, my son was and still to this day is 100% healed of that disease in his body. Glory to God. That's the result of obedience. That's the result of faithfulness. That's the result of saying, nevertheless, now I want to stay in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I want to stay on these drums. I want to do what I want to do, but never. Jesus gave us the map and model of how to live this life. And it's called nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done. Yeah. So listen, I, we could end right there. We're not, <laughs> we're not, uh, but we could, I want to do a couple more things before we end this segment and here's, and we'll start it. And I'm sure Ray will take us where we need to get. Did you ever think once you got to Houston and things started to move and to grow and to mature, did you ever think that you were coming back to Chicago? Never. Never, ne- never could have made it. <laughs> never. And I'm not saying nothing bad about Chicago. Sure. Houston was that good to me. Gotcha. Houston, 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 Texas is a place where you would want to raise family. Got it. It's a beautiful, friendly place. Um, the the cost of living is just it's great. It, it meets where you know if you're a new family and you're trying to get things, trying to purchase homes and all that. It's just a beautiful place to raise family, man. Yeah. It's a great city. And um, I, and we we became, you know, it just we got we got peaceful here. So I never thought about moving back to Chicago. John Hanna would always tease me because I, I used to bring John Hanna down to speak. Right. And John would say, uh, man, you ever want to come back? Now make sure you come back. Make sure you won't be. So I said, no, ain't nothing to come back. I ain't nothing to like about Houston. I love Houston. Well, I love it. And I did, man, until recently. Wow. <laughs> so walk us through that process, man. Woo! So I've been youth pastor for 16 years. So obviously... I was good. Yeah. I wasn't trying to matriculate and be anything else. And then the other thing, the sidebar of Jamie is I had more people in youth church than the average, average African-American pastor has in his church. Yeah. Afri- average African-American church is a couple hundred people. Yeah. Right. So I'm having, I'm seeing five to 700 families every week and yeah. you, and the youth per- portion of the building. Yeah. So I was good and uh, things were growing, you know, it, it was just, it's, it's been great. Hit the pandemic. I still had over a hundred youth on on Zoom. Yeah, man. When I tell you, God has blessed me. Yeah, and I, I start to do my math and start to talk to other youth pastors. They can't get twenty on. Here it is. I got a hundred plus on, and their families are locked in. Zoom. Yeah, buddy. So it was crazy. It was just the crazy grace of God. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, uh, it, it was all this whole process was all because God wanted to shift me to somewhere else, and I get a call out the clear blue sky. From Apostle H. Daniel Wilson, yep. Valley Kingdom Ministry. Now that was my home church in Chicago, by the way, so yeah. everybody knows. <clears throat> That's my home church. And of course, we had history. He actually gave me the apostolic go to actually come to Houston. Yeah. So uh, who knew <laughs> that 16 years later, he was now looking for his successor. Yep. And the Lord told he he had been looking for his Joshua. Hmm. somebody who had been walking with Moses, somebody who had trained. So he, he was looking for actually a son that was in the church. I wasn't necessarily an ordained son of, right. of the valley. I was a member. Right. But he said God told him to stop looking for your Joshua and look for your David. Wow. Look for a kid out there that's tilling, tending to the sheep. Hmm. And he said, as soon as God told him, look for a kid out there tending the sheep, 
my name popped up in the spirit. Wow. He then called me. He I, he called a bunch of other people before he called me, and everybody told him, Ray Beatty is Gucci in Houston. You ain't getting Ray <laughs> Beatty. But he said it kept coming up in his spirit, and he, he had to call. So he said he called, and we had a conversation. After the conversation, man, I'm sitting there looking like at the phone like, you got to be kidding me. I would never have thought about. My daddy asked me to come back and pastor his church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I was like, no, (laughs) God has not said that. (laughs) So imagine I'm like, no, God ain't called me back to no Chicago. But I know, Jamie, the safest place in in, in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. Come on, Kiki. Yes, sir. In the will of God. I know I at least have to ask him. Right. I had to at least ask him, right. even though I know it's not what I wanted. Sure. I didn't think he was going to say yes. I didn't think I was going to move or any of that. Right. I just said, out of consideration, let me ask God. Man, I went there and hollered at my wife. My wife said the Lord was going to give us the answer quickly, and he did. My good friend, John Gray, um, I texted him because my wife was watching online. She saw that... Uh, she saw that he was starting a second location in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, let me holler at him. I don't, I don't know if he's moving from South Carolina to Atlanta. Let me holler. I text him. What up, boy? I miss your butt. Are you, are you in Atlanta? Are you in ATL? Holler back. Now, let me let me pause again, parenthetically. <laughs> right. Let me say this. John never texts back right away. He's always a day or two later. Got it. Joker texts me right back, Jamie. And wow. Said, now, now, my, now, let me set this up again. He doesn't know Apostle. He don't know nothing about No Valley on that level. He don't, They're not in the same circles is what I mean. Right, right. So they haven't spoken. He don't know nothing. He texted me back and said, what up, man? We good. We in ATL. Shalon is anointed, my wife's name, and says, the last thing he says, when are y'all moving to Chicago? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Remember, my wife had confirmed that God said that he was going to show us together yeah. and it was going to be quick. Quickly. Yeah. That night, man, two o'clock in the morning. We cried when we got that text. FaceTime John. John went to speaking prophetically in my life after the answer. And I still that night wrestled with God. I was mad. Jay. I was like, why? I got to go back to Chicago. Why me? Why now, God? And man, God took me to Luke 22 and 31. Okay. Simon Peter. Satan desires to sift you as weak, but I pray for you so mm. that your faith fail. Yeah. When you get up, when you repent, when you get yourself together, go and strengthen your brother. Strengthen your brother. I said, I got the scripture, God. What is the parallel to my life? He said, first of all, Ray Beatty, I put you literally for 16 years. I put you in a supernatural incubator where you could learn and hear from me. Mm. You would not have learned in Chicago because your focus, Satan wanted to sift you. You were focused on music and the enemy knew it and you would have messed up what I was planning. So I had to remove you from your comfortable surroundings. I had to get you away from your comfort zone and had to bring you and migrate you to Houston, Texas, where you learn so much about kingdom and what it means to have dominion and authority, who you who you represent the whole nine. And for that 16 years, it's been a sweet 16 years. I've had you there learning and developing. For such a time as this. Yeah. And now, after you've gotten yourself together, what I need you now to do is go back to, to Chicago mm-hmm. and help strengthen your brothers. Yep. That was the word from the Lord. And it. he said, I'm going to confirm that 
their theme that year, last year, the Valley's theme was the turnaround blessing. The Lord says, it's your season to turn around, go back to Chicago and help strengthen your brother. Wow. And that's how it all came about. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And so those of you that, that don't know what we're talking about, Ray Beatty <laughs> is going to be the wow. new pastor at Valley. <laughs> do, do, right? Right? So I got to say it again. <laughs> I, so yeah, I know, just listening to it, right? Ray Beatty is about to be wow. the new pastor at Valley wow. Kingdom Ministries in, in, uh, in Illinois. Um, yeah. And so he's, he's on his way back here. Um, we have, yeah. we've taken this time. We've gotten to this. I'm, I'm happy uh, because I get my brother back in the city. Yeah. Happy to see him again. Happy to, man, I was happy that he man. was gone, man. Cause listen, man, yeah. being in Houston, it was, it was crazy, man. It's, it's our, our paths parallel in many ways. When I would go to Houston and I think I told you this, I was I was a little kid, man. I was I was traveling with the Soul Children and with the Soul Children, and, I, man. They are legends down here. Yeah, Trust man. Me. Listen, and people, the, the churches started calling me to come. Yes, because I had friends. Yes. I've got friends there, and they started calling me to come down just to sing on my own. Two of the churches that I would go to was Windsor Village and Wheeler Avenue. Those were the two oh churches I would go sing at. So it's just like I'm like, wow, this is ridiculous. But hey, this ain't about me. This is the Ray Beatty interview. <laughs> I just want to say that about my brother. But uh, look, man, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Those are two of the churches that I would go to Houston and for. They man. are still two staples here too, man. Absolutely. Wheeler yeah. Avenue. Yep. So wow. Yeah, buddy. So hey, look, we've been talking for a minute. We need to yeah. take a break. Y'all relax. I know some of y'all are driving. Some of y'all on the treadmill. Just just relax for a minute. It's cool. We're take a break. We're coming right back with Ray Beatty on Talk To Me. Hi, I'm Tahara J. Smith, founder of Power by Tahara J. Lipstick Brand, where we are helping women access their power one shade at a time. At Power by Tahara J, it's more than lipstick. We are about mental wellness and empowerment. I've combined my love for lipstick and color psychology to help women tap into their best selves. Each power shade has meaning and is named after an affirmation. So while wearing it, you feel beautiful, affirmed, and powerful. We offer lipsticks, glosses, scrubs, and more. Our products are high quality, highly pigmented, long-lasting, non-drying, liquid matte with a smooth application, cruelty-free, and vegan. You can get your shades and more at PowerByTaharaJ.com. That's Power by T-E-H-A-R-A-H-J.com. So you can access your power one shade at a time. Get yours today with promo code Talk to Me at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back to Talk to Me, the podcast with Jamie Simon. I am Jamie Simon. And if you listen to, to the podcast and you know the Talk to Me order, it's time for this segment. It's time for. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what Indeed. I do is our portion of the podcast where we talk to our guests about some of their favorite things that they do. Some of the things that are specific to them, the things that are that they do all the time. And so, Ray, when we're talking about you and we're talking about food, what does Ray Beatty do? What's your favorite food? Favorite food. Ooh. 
<laughs> down here in Houston, Texas, where there's it's the meat capital. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there is this restaurant here called Killings Barbecue. Oh, okay, okay. I love me some barbecue. <laughs> and can they do it down here? Now, let me say this too, Jamie. In Chicago, we have tips, rib tips. Yes, indeed. They do They do brisket down here. Oh, my God. Yes, indeed. Now. And Jamie, it's amazing. <laughs> I became addicted to this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some, of my, that's some of my favorite. And, of course, soul food. Yeah. My wife is an excellent cook. Love it. So, anything soul food related, but it's, it's that barbecue and that brisket that got me. Got it. Okay, cool. That's what's up. All right, here we go. Favorite pastry or sweet? German chocolate cake. Jesus in heaven. German chocolate yes, cake. Yes, God. Now, is it somebody specific that makes this or someone? My, my mother, my mother made it. Oh. And my sister, thank God, thanks be unto God. My sister got that recipe. She so she makes recipe? me one. Oh, right. She got it. She got it. And it's one of the best, man. It's one of the best ever. So she got the recipe. I'm gonna try to make sure she get it to Shalon so we can pass say, that you recipe got to, down. You got to yeah. keep that because that's the, we don't do that enough too in our community. We've got to pass these recipes down yep. because it's just things that they've learned throughout the years, and it's in, it's in their head. But we got to get it on paper. You right? You absolutely <laughs> yeah. Right. So but it's German chocolate cake. German chocolate cake. Woo. All right. All right. So your favorite television show? All time. Mm. All time. All time. All time. Would I be wrong if I say ESPN first take? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, but the old school one with Skip, it got to be Skip and Stephen A. Skip and Stephen A. Okay, I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. Cool, yeah. cool. That's what's up. No, you won't be wrong. If yeah. that's the one, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one there, man. All right. Uh, favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant? Uh, my favorite restaurant is this restaurant here. It's a Brazilian steakhouse in Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. Called Chama Gucci. Okay. Oh, okay. my God. We were there. I just uh, shout out to my wife. We just celebrated 30 years of a wedding, uh, our wedding, 30 year, year wedding anniversary. Shalom, so we baby. Shout out to you. Yes. 30 years. So we went to Chama, Chama Gucci's, man. It's, a, it's an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. I love it. Okay. Cool. Yep. cool. Um, favorite movie. Of all time. Oh my God. The first dumb and dumber. (laughs) (laughs) The first one. Oh my God. Hilarious. Hysterical. Oh my God. The greatest of all time. Absolutely hysterical movie. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, Well, this I already know. Uh, So I'll skip to the next one. Uh, Favorite fast food. Favorite fast food. Man, it would have to be y'all gonna they gonna laugh. Checkers. You know what? Maurice said checkers. Did he? Maurice said checkers. Yes, he the did. The best French fries in the, the best world. And a shake. Yeah. Oh my god. Hands down. <laughs> I just go there sometimes just to get the fries. Yes, God. Yes. Yeah. God. Yeah. Checkers. Checkers. Shout yep. out to checkers. Shout out to checkers. Uh now I'm gonna tell you a close second, running second, Chick-fil-A. There you go, man, it, bro. It's crazy. the The musicians that I have interviewed so far are are pretty much saying the same things. M- most when I said, <laughs> and I promise you, I mean, we've we've had several of the bros, man, and I'm telling you, man, all, most of them are saying Chick Fil A. 
Uh, checkers, wow. checkers came. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Fair. Um, let's see. Your favorite snack. Man, favorite snack right now. What is my favorite snack? <sighs> healthy snack? No, snack, <laughs> snack. <laughs> Not the healthy stuff. Man, I'm, I'm going to see if anybody else is on these. Those thin, the lemon thin Oreos. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I haven't had them. I've seen them. Oh, my God. The <laughs> lemon thin Oreos I have seen are them. amazing. Okay. They're the devil. I'm writing it down <laughs> on my list yeah. as we see. Lemon yeah. thin Oreos. Lemon thin Oreos. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you, God. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, This is one that's going to probably give you a little little uh, pause. Uh, favorite, okay. okay. Your favorite artist. Music artist. My favorite music artist? Favorite artist. All time. No pause. No pause. Marvin Gaye. Really? I am a Marvin Gaye fan clone. I just, I love Mar- everything. That whole, whoa. Makes all sense. That stuff you recorded there. Mercy, Mercy I Me. Just, Makes sense. Oh, man. I love Marvin Gaye. Yeah. I, if you ever watched him in rehearsal on YouTube. Yes, God. You, there for an hour just mesmerized by just it was just yeah. vibe yeah i'm a viber so yes. i just like vibe yes indeed and, yeah, and so it's marvin get hands down i love it i love it uh best album ever made <laughs> just the first thing that comes you don't even got to be scientific with it the first one that comes to your head or the first couple my, that come to your Mike, head. michael jackson thriller man boom Bet, boom Mm-hmm. Come on, okay. it just has to be. I I got it. I, I mean, I had hit after hit after hit on it, man. Two and that was that was 1982 when that, that was 82. Yep. So okay, All right. so just think about that. That was happening in the early 80s. Uh-huh. That genius. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, your favorite sitcom of all time. Favorite sitcom of all time, man. Uh, I can sit back and watch Archie Bunker <laughs> all day. All in the family, bro. I love it. All in the family was the joint. Yes, sir. Yes, it was sir. It. He he was unapologetically who he was. You hear me? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so yeah, we you know you just grew up. You know, those were the things on the TV, and I just gravitated to that. Now, okay. Yeah. So I believe I know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Your favorite piano player? Favorite piano player? Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, Jamie, you're wrong for that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm finna get wronger. <laughs> but but this, oh, get this so my favorite piano player of all time has to be Rodney East. My God, listen, Rodney East. There, there has not been any. I haven't heard anybody do what I heard him just sitting, being able to do throughout the years on piano. It was just, it's just an anointing on his, on his piano like no other. I told Rodney, so, yeah. I told Rodney in our interview that when the heavenly band is called, <laughs> that agree. he would be sitting on the keys. I, t- I, I, I agree. With I, you. I promise I you, man. He cut that boy. I, he comes from heaven. Yeah, that gift. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you a man, thousand percent. Jesus bro. Christ, man. Um yeah. now now this this gonna get us in tr- both in trouble. I'm I've been asking everybody this, people getting swole already. But I'm I'm just, hey, just wanna know 
And listen, and I always have to give this disclaimer. Please, y'all, don't get mad. I'm asking Ray this question. It's it's just, it, it ain't deep. He ain't trying to put nobody down. He ain't trying to forget about nobody. It's just his personal. He it, it's all good. It's his personal phase. So, <laughs> all right, got that out the way. So, Ray, who is your perfect musical match? The person that you would want to play with if there was one musician and you like when I get on a set. As long as he's there, he or she's there, I'm I'm in heaven. Who's that one person for you? Oh, and it could man. be any, it could be a bass player, it could be keys, it could be guitar, whatever. You just know, and it could be somebody you played with or somebody you never played with. But you know, like yo, if I'm if I'm on the set, as long as this person is there, I'm going to be flying in heaven. I can't lie, man. It had to be Rodney East. Wow. Wow. It had to be Rodney East. <laughs> we made so much magic did, together did. without even trying. Did. It was just, it was that dude. And I remember from day one when Percy got him and he was all over the place like uh-huh. I was on yeah, drums. Yeah. Percy calmed us down. Right. And Percy made him simplify his approach. And wow. from that day on, he, he became a genius. He was, he, he, he was just a master. Yeah. And when we do stuff together, I knew that it was going to be something for the history books. So it. It, it would have to be Ronnie's. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, before we get to that one, I'm going to say this. When you, when you said Marvin Gaye was your favorite artist, who's Ray Beatty's favorite singer? Marvin Winans. Wow. <laughs> Marvin Winans. Pastor Marvin L. It's his ability to just command a song. Lord have mercy. He can take Mary had a little lamb. Right. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mary. Marvin Marvin Winans is it for me. And to be able to meet him and actually be family with him (laughs) is just icing on a a cake. He's an amazing person oh my god he's, he's amazing man. and to this day jamie at his age he's still that dude yeah he is man he is ray i met marvin i want to say in 2004 2005 for the first time i'd seen him millions of times met him around 2004 2005 and marvin wine said to me that a song that i wrote was one of his current favorite songs. Wow. I, I thought I was going to just disintegrate. I know you did because he, he didn't throw out compliments like that. He did. He did. And then he called He called our group. He said, hey, man, I, it ain't a lot of groups out here right now, but Fortitude is my current favorite group. Wow. He did. He said it, man. And I, I listen, I could have just went on to glory after that. <laughs> you so good. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's the Marvin Wine that said that yeah man huh yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah that just turned my whole yeah. little world upside down. oh yeah man. he he is the, he's one of the greatest of our time man again i don't pit people uh against each other by saying who's the best but sure. he's one of god's greatest he, gifts definitely he absolutely is. one of he's happened to be my favorite singer just just he knows how to do it absolutely love that man all right so here's here's now we we at this spot i don't okay. have to ask you 
who your favorite sports figure is. I'm clear. Oh, no, and you everybody don't. that knows you is clear yeah. about it. Well, they may not. Some some people listening may not know me, so let me make it emphatically clear. All right, all right go the ahead. The MJ himself, Here Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the GOAT. is the greatest athlete, the greatest player of all time. Okay. So I just want to make sure I threw that out there. Here's what I wanted to, here's what I want to lean into. Cause I don't do this okay. a lot, but since I got you here, I know Come on, I'm going to lean on into this. Is, right. is there any validity to having the conversation about LeBron and Mike before Kobe and Mike? Hmm, man, uh, you, you cannot have that conversation about LeBron and not put Kobe in there. And let me say this. I was not a Kobe fan. Me either. Because obviously, you know, he, you know, there were so many years that he didn't give Mike respect. But, you know, and the latter parts, he he ended up, and obviously we ended up finding through his death that my, him and Mike was backdoor. Absolutely. Brother, big brother, little brother. Yep. So, Mike, Kobe, you know, after his career, and even when he scored, you know, all of the 81 points, you know, when he, uh, you know, his his last game, you know, not the 81 points, but the, what was the 60 he scored in his last game. His last game, yeah. I, I found myself sitting there, and I'm a Laker hater. I'm a Kobe <laughs> hater. I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes, like, yeah. what is you doing, yep. dude? Man up. You yeah. ain't no fan of right. his. I was a fan, uh, subconsciously, subliminally, I was a fan of that dude's dog and his yeah, work ethic. that's it. That's what it is. Great. So you can't, so I said all that to say, there's no way you can bring up a GOAT conversation with LeBron and not put Kobe in there. Number one, he got more championships because if it's it's deals with championships. But number two, the dog and attack he played with, man, you can't overlook that. Okay. Now, I would not put either over because the way Kobe started his career wasn't good. You right. know, as a 19 year old missing all those shots right. in Utah, you know, he, it ain't like he was the dog from day one. Correct. But you can't give it to LeBron because LeBron was, was shot away from the moment. He so did. many different times. He did. And LeBron was so, always in a weak Eastern conference. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to talk about that. That's fine. Look, I love LeBron. I'm, I, I'm a fan of LeBron. I, I was, too. I was I not too. a fan of Kobe. I, I I do realize that, like you said, in later years after he retired, I became I, you could not be a fan of basketball and not respect Kobe. And no, you got to respect. You him. had to. You, you had to, man. Yeah, you got to respect that the cat. The whole concept of Mamba mentality is just preaching material in itself. Ooh, man. The, the, the the definition of Mamba mentality for Kobe was: How do I become better today than I was yesterday? That's it. Boy, if that ain't I press toward the mark, <laughs> you if that ain't preaching material. <laughs> that dude was trying to become better every day, every day, and even to his death. Yeah, and God rest him in peace. The whole concept of him flying in the helicopters is because he didn't want to lose time. Yeah, so he wanted to get there to his place of destination quicker. Yeah, so he that's how that's why he was in a helicopter. He Absolutely. didn't want to sit through traffic. Right. He didn't want to ride through that. He wanted to get to the, his destination quick. So he was in a helicopter. So that whole concept of Mamba mentality, oh my God. Yeah. That's buddy. who he was, man. Yeah, man. I um I, I had to do that. I, I try to be politically correct around these these topics. Um I, I because, you know, everybody knows me. They know who yeah. the goat is 
from from my perspective. Uh, yeah, we got a generation. And but but uh, again, that's too because of what we had the privilege of seeing all three of these cats. There you go. I keep telling these. I keep telling these shorties. Y'all watching they, YouTube. They no YouTube ain't what we we exactly. Exactly. I experienced Mike live. I experienced Kobe live, and I experienced LeBron live. Their whole careers. Their whole careers. I saw all three of them live. Exactly. And there was just something different. Mike played with a different something. Yeah, you can't bro. even call it nothing. Nope. You can't call it Mamba. You mm-hmm. can't. It, it was just this guy was that dude. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, when it comes to lacing him up and getting on yeah. that basketball, he even in losing his 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 opponents like Larry Larry Bird said, "Man, that, I thought I was watching God in basketball shoes." Larry, That's what his opponent said. About Larry him. said that. <laughs> Larry the legend said that about a kid because this was like Mike's third year that he gave him sixty three. Man, he gave him sixty three. Yeah, he said that about a kid. Yeah, he did. Yeah, man. And some yeah. some people talk about the fact that he got swept. He got swept with, uh, against one of the best teams ever assembled. I would say they How were probably it? one of the top five teams ever in the history of basketball. How about it? That's correct. That is correct, and he had to Come on, he had man. to make his bones. He had to learn, and it's cool. Man. Yeah, mad yeah. about that, but I, I but need. When he got it, <laughs> he didn't let that thing go. And listen, when when he got it, he 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 touted it like Jesus. Yeah, he, did. he said that I ain't. You don't take my life. Come on, now. I, know I you lay it down. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave you a Melchizedek <laughs> offering on that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> No, man, listen, so look, this has been great, man. I am so happy. I'm so glad, man, that you took the time today to kick it with your bro, man, and and to just talk. And this is going to be a great, another great show, man, for people to hear. Stuff well, people- man, I'm proud. Of, I'm I'm proud. First of all, I'm honored to be here. Yeah. I've been listening, and I'm a I'm a fan from afar. Oh, man. I told on. you in private, I would love when I get there and get settled. That we do something together. Um, that that's that's on this topic here, sports. I love it. Yeah, entertainment. Um, I just I just see us doing something down the line. So oh, we I'm excited. It. Um, to be back in the city, man. Come the end of May, beginning of June, I am there. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I I close on my. I, I, I know it's real because next Thursday I close on my house. Look there. at here. <laughs> Look at here. So. So, man, it's getting real. And again, the relationships that I've had throughout the years, I thank God that true relationship ain't about calling every uh, calling someone every day. That's right. But it's who you know you are to each other. That's correct. And, and we've been that. And um, the, the weekend, if I can add, the, the weekend of June 24th, 25th, and 26th yes, sir. is the installation weekend. It's the, called the Transition Experience. On Friday, there'll be a huge concert at House of Hope. Um, then on Saturday, they'll be honoring Apostle, and, and I'll have some people singing mm-hmm. together that night. That's going to be pretty dope. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I actually get installed. And I, I every time I say it, I laugh. I'm yeah. like, I can't believe it. How about it? I'll be installed. And not, not from a standpoint of this is, let me say this too. This is not something that I ever wanted. Exactly. But just to be a part of this historic church that brought us so many hits. Yeah. And that has been a, ushered in the glory of God and the majesty of God on so many different occasions. Yeah, to be a part of the ministry and leading a, that type of ministry. It's just humbling that God would even choose a boy from the west side of Chicago. K-Town. Um, you know, with, with limited education, yeah. but with a lot of humility and servanthood. And that's what I want to bring 
uh, back to the city um, on my leadership watch is just I'm coming in there to serve, man. And I want to serve with people and, and hang with people that God has uh, positioned me to be with so that we can help that city uh, become a better version of itself. Man, listen, I know Houston is going to be impacted by your absence. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing the work that you've been able to do with those young people there, man. And not just yeah. them, but even some of their parents and other people exactly, that are related yeah. and connected to them, man. That is a huge blessing. Glory um, to God. But I'm so glad that you're coming home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of work to do, bro. I'm so glad that you're coming home, man. And listen, let yeah. me tell you this. You are coming to pastor Valley Kingdom Ministries. But Ray, let me tell you, bro, the reason why you think you're coming back ain't the only reason you're coming back. Wow. I'm telling you. Hmm. You'll figure it out. You'll see it. And then, listen, you can refer back to this podcast, the reason you think you're coming ain't the only reason you're coming. God ain't through, bro. Period. Yeah. I received that, man. Yes, sir. You yes, ain't going to make me cry. Hey, man. I ain't going to cry. Listen, bro. I'm telling you, he's not through. Man. He ain't through, Glory man. God. But thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time today, man. Thank you all for listening. Again, all of our listeners, everybody that's been tuning in, everybody that's been sharing us, everybody that's been telling your your family and friends about us, continue to do that. We love you and we appreciate you. And we will see you next week on Talk To Me. Peace. Talk to me, would you talk to me?